0: If I, I just feel like your last few have been such bangers. <laughs> like, it's really hard to live up to. Yeah. You're listening to Something Weird. I'm Anna, and here's our co-host of the year, of the decade, Brooke.
1: Why, thank you. I'm not sure if I deserve that, but I'll take it. Here you'll find semi-regular dialogue on all things paranormal or even just a little bit weird. We're lifelong friends who have had an affinity for this strange since we met, and now we're here to explore these phenomena with you.
0: Each week, one of us will dig into a paranormal tale as we ponder the question, do we want to believe? And I'm going to get us going on a story this week.
1: Brooke? Yes?
0: What are the scariest movies, or at least movies that scared or impacted you the most of all time?
1: Definitely, Thirteen Ghosts. Oh gosh, I still haven't seen that. I mean, it's probably very stupid, but I haven't watched it again since the first time that I watched it because it was so traumatizing for me <laughs> at the ripe age of no, 12 I twelve rem- or thirteen.
0: I think I remember you telling me, uh, like, how much that freaked you out. Yeah. And I think that's probably why I never watched it.
1: Yeah, that was not a great experience. Um, Gosh, that's a really good question. There are probably movies that have really spooked me. Um, I'm just trying to think of ones where I've, like, walked away of just thinking, like, fuck that. Well... I really didn't like watching Hereditary at all. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, no, like... Oh, that's so good, No, I'm though. glad that oh, I saw it. That's one of my favorites. It. I'm glad that I saw it, but that was a very painful movie to watch. Um, True. Yeah, I don't... I don't know. You tell me yours. I'm going to keep thinking about it.
0: Okay. So... You know, I love horror films and scary movies and thrillers and all that jazz now. Mm -hmm. But the top four that freaked me the fuck out The Hills Have Eyes. Hated that. That movie's
1: not even scary. That movie is just messed up. Like, yeah. Yeah, I hate everything about that movie.
0: Yeah, it's not scary. Well, it is scary when (laughs) I just remember being freaked out. I was like making out with my boyfriend back in high school in the car. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And then all of a sudden that the hills have eyes, people were going to come kill me. Um, So I think that's like the only time I was actually scared. But it is just so messed up. I would be interested to read the book, though.
1: Hmm. I didn't know there was a book.
0: Yeah, it's based on a book, so maybe that would be an interesting read.
1: Okay, House of Thousand Corpses. Oof. Gross. Did you see that? Um, I don't, I don't think I ever watched it in its entirety. I remember like in high school that being played like at someone's house, and I was just like, "No, I'm not watching this."
0: Again, it's just sickness for sickness' sake. Mm-hmm. I was probably, well, not probably, I was way too young to have seen it. Mm -hmm. I was 13 and like over at someone's house and I was just like, what the fuck? How is this a thing? Who thought of this? And then why is it a thing? I don't know. Anyway, so that's another one. The Ring and The Grudge, Mm -hmm. those both just really unsettled me yeah, and still do. I don't. I think I would watch it probably now and feel a little like not as scared, but just still as unsettled.
1: Yeah. The the grudge didn't get me too much, but the ring definitely made an impact. Like I remember watching that with you multiple times and us like not being okay after. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't know. I don't, I'm not a huge horror movie person. You know that. And I don't, care so much about, like, scary movies, like, quote-unquote scary movies, I don't like unsettling movies. Like, I don't like movies that make me feel weird, you know? Yeah.
0: Like... Yeah. No, I I think that's how I feel, too. Like, slashers and horror films, like, those aren't scary to mm-hmm. me. Like, The Exorcist isn't even scary to me. Uh, I don't know. It, The Manchurian candidate freaked me the fuck out. Yeah,
1: well, then, yeah, that's fair.
0: The original? I don't don't know why, but that really.
1: Or Denzel Washington. uh,
0: Denzel. That one really did a number on me. Interesting. So, a few episodes we went over the black eyed children or black eyed kids and how they might personify an entity like El Cuco that feeds off of fear. And it got me thinking, just like those entities feed off of fear and grow and languish, so does the entertainment industry. Horror films literally thrive off of the money that comes from the fear (laughs) and the promise of these emotions. And it's not a secret. The more buzz around a movie, the more jaw-dropping or faint inducing scenes, the more people want to test themselves to challenge the movie, the director, and the scenes. I know this because if I hear oh something was so impactful, people were fainting in the screening, I'm like, Oh well, gotta see this yeah. for myself. Well, that's
1: why I went and saw um, paranormal activity. <laughs> Remember all the Uncle talk D. about that? Like that was no. such a are you kidding? That was such a like phenomena that movie and everyone was like this is the scariest thing I've ever seen and the trailers were videos of people reacting to the movie in the theater like it was such a thing and I needed to go to see how scary it was it ended up being not very scary but
0: I don't remember it being scary at all I remember watching it with you and Luke and (laughs) somehow nicknamed the demon Uncle D. Uncle D. So, like, (laughs) Uncle D, he's back again. Maybe that's clouding my memory. Yeah, that's
1: why it wasn't Uh, scary, uh, because you watched it with us.
0: I just, I don't know. Maybe it did scare me. Have you heard of Raw? No. That is excellent. Super good. It's a French art film. And it had kind of that whole aura around it. People had been fainting during the scenes or throwing up and blah, blah, blah. But I thought it was great. I just loved the storyline. I loved the actors. It was clever and just really interesting.
1: Kind of like Antichrist?
0: <laughs> oh my God. Oh my
1: word. Raymond Defoe's greatest. I... Work. I totally forgot about that. I blame you oh, for bringing my. that into my life because you said well, it's this excellent movie we have to watch it. Everybody's talking about it.
0: Everyone in the bowels of Reddit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. I still think about we that. We watched movie. that with Michael and, Michael. and, De- and Devin. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that intro is something I just never Wild.
1: Why didn't we just turn it off? We watched the whole damn thing. <laughs> I think that was one of like the first wow. times that you ever like hung out with Michael, too. It's like, we're yeah. gonna go to my best friend's and th- wasn't place. Wasn't I
0: like. Didn't he have me as Antichrist in his I phone think so. or something?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You're still Psycho in my phone. Yeah. So.
0: Psycho in Jack's, Voldemort in Abel's. So <laughs> just really making an impact. That's good. And then Midsummer, just one of my all-time favorites. Yeah, that was a goodie. But there are some that I won't watch. Cannibal Holocaust.
1: Nope.
0: It's like a cult horror, like one of the... Some people thought it was real footage. Kind of like a Blair Witch, but like sicker. Uh. A lot of real animal mutilations, I guess. And then there's a Serbian film, which... I've only read about, and it makes me sick to my stomach. So I won't be watching that. I don't think I would be um, living a better life at all because of it. Are so maybe
1: a human centipede. Ah! Middle, middle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm being so annoying. <laughs> I completely forgot. About all of those movies, I still so haven't seen. So Human funny! I don't know if you ever watched Wait. it. Yeah, I thought we watched it together. No, I absolutely, have not seen that movie. I have no interest.
0: <laughs> so yelling middle is just the thought
1: <laughs> when of- you have the well considering that you you would never want to be middle no but that was the reason that we said it the point yeah that was the point it's like we're thinking about the logistics of like well if you're in the front then it's all going into this person but if you're at the back then you're getting two people so like what position do you take middle (laughs) (laughs) and that took on a life of its own in our life getting into the car Middle, <laughs> I'm
0: dying. I totally <laughs> forgot because I still say Me it. Me too. I still call middle. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, just never really.
1: Wow, that's disgusting. Oh, this is great. That that's what we yeah, thought really. was funny. It still is <laughs> the middle position in the human centipede.
0: Well, I saw it. I don't know who I watched it with then. Because I swore it would have been it was with not me. you.
1: Nope. I do not want to watch that movie. Cinti.
0: <sighs> <I sent you. laughs> wow. Well, y'all are learning a lot about our movie history. We could probably get to my point, but that was delightful. So <laughs> thank you for all those memories.
1: <laughs> That's what I'm here for.
0: Other than a cinema full of screaming viewers, what else makes a horror film even more tantalizing? Well the idea that there might be something more in the horror of the movie surrounding it. That the film itself might be cursed. Mm. So what exactly do I mean by a cursed film? So some consider cursed objects as something like a Ouija board that when engaging with it, it opens the door to evil or demons or whatever. And then others think of cursed objects as bringing death or bad luck and occurrences to anyone who possesses or interacts with it, like a painting or a book or the Dybbuk box. So it could just be a thing. It doesn't have to be a specific key to demons. Mm -hmm. So I guess it's kind of like a combination of the two. A cursed film would be something you engage with intangibly, but it's also a physical, tangible item that you can actually have kind of like the ring I guess yeah the videotape a fairly new docuseries aired in April called Cursed Films and it's directed by Jay Cheel and it takes the reins on this topic and I haven't seen it but I think it's a fascinating look into the side of horror movies that I've only heard sprinkles of here and there kind of like urban legends The show dives into the occurrences, coincidental or not, that happen around the making and sharing of different movies and the paranormal or supernatural causes behind them. First, let's review a handful of some of the most renowned cursed films in history and ultimately why they're considered to be cursed. Antrim is called the deadliest film ever made. Anytime you dub yourself like the coolest guy in the room you're definitely like not the coolest guy in the room Mm -hmm. so i pretty much say this is not the deadliest film ever made but i had to start with it because its sole purpose was to enter the world as a cursed film like that that was its point a movie released as found footage that left all those involved in it caught in disturbing or tragic events. Um, It's said to have been a documentary about a lost film from the 1970s that was screened twice before getting shut down because everyone who watched the film, supposedly 60 people, died.
1: Significant. Okay.
0: (laughs) Just, you know, a handful of 60 people. Rotten Tomato writes, the movie opens with an eight-minute documentary detailing the curse around the film, then shows you the, quote, film itself which is about two young kids who attempt to dig a hole to hell to save their recently deceased dog. Aww.
1: Why did the (laughs) pup go to hell?
0: I don't know. All dogs go to hell. Sweetie. Ultimately, Antrim was a better nod to Curse Films because it was really not selling itself as one. Not a cursed film, but that is the self-touted deadliest film. Okay.
1: Sounds like trash.
0: Trash trash, trash. Poltergeist. Mm. There are rumors around Poltergeist being one of the most cursed films in history. We all know the story. Yeah. Suburban families terrorized by an entity because the housing development they live in was built on top of a graveyard. What made Poltergeist so infamous is that not only did the film crew use real human skeletons, but it said that they desecrated graves to get their hands on them. What? why? I don't...
1: How do you get permission that, to do something like that?
0: I don't think you, like, get permission. I think you
1: do it. Why would you... How... Okay. Again, so they just, like, low-key become is... grave diggers? <laughs> like, what, I, what year is this?
0: I don't know, but whenever Poltergeist came <laughs> out... <laughs>
1: Okay. I don't...
0: This is all This is all probably just a big, fat urban legend, but that's the word on the street. And then eventually, there were deaths of two cast members, including Heather O'Rourke, who died at the age of 12 when filming Poltergeist 3 due to congenital intestinal issues, and Dominique Dunn, who was murdered at 22. Jeez. People die, but... So we've got The Poltergeist, The Omen, and this one's pretty wild. That movie's fucked. Apparently, the initial idea of The Omen came from an advertising executive, Bob Munger, who thought making a movie about the Antichrist would be a neat thing to do.
1: it's pretty neat. (laughs) You ever heard of The Antichrist? It's pretty neat. Pretty neat.
0: (laughs) But that no one should actually do it because, quote, the devil was at work, and he didn't want the film made.
1: Okay, then Bob. Why did you bring it up, Bob?
0: Hey, you know what would be super awesome? We should do this thing, but we shouldn't. But don't do because the, thing. the devil wants us to.
1: What, Bob? You're not a good ad exec, Bob.
0: Bob, we're gonna fucking do it. <laughs> The series of events that surrounded the filming of the movie are creepily devilish, though. A month before they commenced filming, lead actor Gregory Peck's son committed suicide. And then, as Peck flew to the set, his plane was struck by lightning. And he wasn't the only one. (laughs) Producer Mark Neufeld's plane was also struck by lightning en route to filming. After they began shooting, Newfield's hotel was bombed by the Irish Republican Army, and a plane that the crew had charted for various shots, but was then given to another client at the very last minute, crashed on takeoff, killing everyone on board. What? These aren't good things. Like, this is a lot of shit happening, seemingly, in a very condensed time to a small group of people.
1: Wow. I didn't know any of
0: that. When filming a scene at a zoo, the young actor playing Damien upset the baboons to the point that they lost their shit, and the next day, the animal wrangler who went in to console them was mauled and killed by a tiger.
1: By a tiger? Not the baboons? What?
0: No, not the baboons. A tiger. Wow. Yeah. Who knows? That's just a weird one. But it doesn't end there. The special effects supervisor, John Richardson, created a shocking sequence where one character is decapitated by a sheet of glass. Mm-hmm. When working on his next film, he and his assistant were in a car crash where his assistant was decapitated, apparently near a street sign reading, Alman, six six 66.6 kilometers. No. a lot of uh negatives. Is
1: that for real? Happening? Is that just like a one-off? Well,
0: I mean, Can we corroborate knows. these
1: stories? That's
0: insane. Probably. Probably not. I don't know. I'm just <laughs> recounting them for you. I'm no journalist. Wow. Let's say all of those things actually did happen. I could say that's a cursed film. Yeah, that film. sounds
1: like a cursed set. That's wild.
0: <laughs> Did you know one of my snails' name is Damien? Oh,
1: of course it is. I actually really like that name, and it's yeah, annoying. Yeah, it's a good that it's name. The devil's name.
0: Yeah. Oh. Eh. I like the name Lucifer too. Well,
1: that's weird. You're gonna name your kid Lucifer?
0: I'm not going to name my kid Lucifer. It doesn't mean that I can't like the oh, name. That's weird. Whatever. Okay, moving forward. The Exorcist, of course, course. had to make this list. Pea soup and a whole lot of uncomfortable watching, um, if you're with family, we're all pretty familiar with all of that. Whether you've seen it or not, you know of it. The filming of William Friedkin's Exorcist, it didn't start off great, the McNeil family home, the set was destroyed by a fire, all but Regan's room, and Regan was the pazuzu possessed little girl, if you're not up to speed, played by Linda Blair. She also suffered from onset injuries when the lacing came loose in the scene when she's flopping around on the bed. So that not it great. After finishing the film, Blair received so many death threats that she had to have bodyguards follow her. People legit thought she was just evil. What? People You're are
1: so smart. Stupid. Come on, <laughs> it's a child actor. That's absurd. Sadly, yeah. not surprising.
0: So, throughout the entire production of The Exorcist, almost all of the actors suffered various injuries. And when it premiered in Rome, one attendee passed out, broke her jaw and attempted to see the production, saying subliminal messages caused her to fall. When it was released,
1: tele-evangelist
0: Billy Graham proclaimed, There is a power of evil in that film in the fabric of the film itself, and that by the simple act of watching, one opened their doors to demon galore.
1: Did he Come actually say demon galore? Oh. No. saying <laughs> like, Billy! Oh, you gotta do better than that. That's incredible.
0: His quote ended in the fabric of the film itself.
1: Oh. Um, okay, Billy, that's one opinion.
0: Just one opinion. So this film is known for the extension of its reach, connecting deep to the cursed roots of Bruce Lee's family. The Crow. Brandon Lee, Bruce Lee's son, was killed on set when a prop gun misfired and a projectile hit him. The set was destroyed multiple times, and some claim that the Chinese mafia assassinated Bruce and Brandon, an idea that was predicted in Bruce Lee's last film, Game of Death. That storyline shows Bruce's character as a martial arts actor who is murdered by an assassin, posing as one of the stunt people. Whoa. So, it's kind of a roundabout, you know, connect the dots. Rotten Tomatoes also writes that the biopic Dragon, the Bruce Lee story, Anthem the supposed family curse as a physical demon that haunts Lee his whole life. And at one point in the film, the demon goes after a young Brandon. Dragon was released in 1993, a year before The Crow. Mm. So people think that may... Well, I guess people think Bruce Lee was just cursed and it just so happens that The Crow fell into that along with his son
1: I didn't know that about his son that's really sad
0: yeah and at last we have the cursed film of all cursed films Attuck oh
1: that's not what I was expecting a movie (laughs) I thought it was going to be Rosemary's Baby
0: no Rosemary's Baby is on that list again some like weird coincidences in my opinion just deaths and blah, blah, blah after. But it, it's so much of stretch to me that I didn't include it. But it is on the list. A okay. list somewhere. Fair enough. So Attic, yes. UK. It's a movie to be so cursed that it won't actually be made into a film. So it's like a wannabe curse film. Okay. So it's a would-be curse film, I guess, um, based on the satirical novel The Incomparable Attic by Mordecai Richler, or Rickler. The story follows an Inuit poet who takes a trip to Toronto and has a wild bunch of stories on the way. Cool, cool, cool. Like, sounds like it could be kind of fun. Who knows? I'm imagining just a goofy movie from the 80s, 90s, whatever. Doesn't seem so cursed, does it? But in fact, the movie itself was meant to be a comedy, and... It's only when death piled upon death, upon the undertaking of the filming, things began to feel a bit more sinister. John Belushi was the first step for the role, but after his drug overdose, producers approached Sam Kinison, who shortly after died in a drunk driving accident. They then decided to give the role to John Candy, but only months after receiving the script, he died of a heart attack fourth in line for the role, Chris Farley, who eventually met death after his own overdose. Even SNL alum Phil Hartman, who'd been given the script by Farley, who thought maybe he would be interested in the part, was killed in a murder-suicide by his wife five months later. In the end, Attic was left to gather dust instead of more lives.
1: Holy hell.
0: Just a lot of deaths. Attic was never made.
1: (laughs) i how have I never heard of that?
0: Because it was never made
1: <laughs> but like how do you I mean, obviously you're so familiar with like all of those comedians' deaths. I didn't know there was a connection that's awful.
0: It's a lot of people that's
1: so many people, and that's so many like big, prominent names at the time,
0: mm-hmm, totally, everyone you would think to be in yeah, that type of role. I mean, you also think, though, a lot of those individuals are not leading very healthy lifestyles. So whether these are all coincidences that just line up for all of these movies, or maybe some of them are and some aren't, I just think Chiel's Cursed Films docu-series is all the more fascinating because of this. He has said, The more incidents attached to a film, the more power the story has. These stories have the lifespan they do because of the number of things that happen. That makes sense. A curse, in my opinion, is us taking notice of patterns in our lives. Mm -hmm. Negative patterns, usually. Mm -hmm. Whether those patterns are tied to anything otherworldly, I don't know. In the end, it seems like I'm on the same page as Chiel. When asked about his belief system in Din of Geek's interview with him, he answered that after a meeting with Mitch Horowitz, an occult historian, he walked away thinking, Okay, well, I don't want to suggest that I think that every single thing in this world or this universe is answerable. There's always some conclusion we can draw from these unusual circumstances. There are definitely unexplained things that happen in the world. Chill does venture to share something less than ordinary while filming. During one of the exorcisms, uh, side note, he went to a couple of different exorcisms to, I guess, experience and kind of witness what that was like. Chill, chill, chill. So during one of the exorcisms, we had a light above one of the doors. This is a light we used throughout the entire shoot. At one point, Vincent, the exorcist, Walked out from behind the camera and put his hand on the person's head and was saying some sort of prayer, and the light started blinking. I looked at Jared, my cinematographer, and he just shrugged his shoulders like he didn't know what was going on. It's in the show, you can see it blinking. As soon as it ended, the light went back to normal. We were like, What was that about? We didn't necessarily think that there was a demon screwing with the circuits or anything. They do reveal the draw of that scenario. We were so in it that it weirded us out a little bit. It was definitely strange, the timing of that. But the whole day was strange. It was a weird day.
1: So what that's is it. he saying? Just that, like, you can't explain... I think he's saying big shrug. Yeah, that sounds like a big old <laughs> shrug from S.H.I.E.L. I think he's on board with us.
0: Exactly. I think that's why I'm so drawn to a show like this, where it's not Ghost Hunters who are taking, like, every little thing and making it, well, it has to be this. And then it's also not taking the stance of there's an explanation for everything.
1: Yeah, I do appreciate that. I think that there's value in being able to just let things be and let the unexplained be unexplained. It's not satisfying in any way. But I definitely think that that's... Probably the reality from a lot of the, like, definitely in these cases with these movies and, like, pretty much almost everything that we talk about is just, there is no certainty. Um, But that's kind of what makes it so fascinating. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I definitely think that there's something to be said of having the ability to let things be. I feel like you and I are similar in the way that we can just, we can hear these things. We can take them in and walk away with no answer, but still be like interested and invested. Yeah. I'm grateful to be able to look at things that way. I've never been someone that has to know the answer. And like, I've definitely heard a lot of conversation and theory and talk around cursed movies and stuff that happened. And it's, fascinating but like who the fuck knows it's interesting
0: the psychology of it and you always say this like how do people react to these scenarios and what is their psychological response well for a lot of people it was send death threats to the little girl who played a demon-possessed person Mm -hmm. i guess it was their coping mechanism of saying not today satan
1: Well, and then Whatever. at the same time, for the people that are working on these movies and are involved in these movies and see tragedy after tragedy taking place, I feel like it, it would be much easier to say, this movie is cursed, this never should have been made, this is the work of the devil, than to accept that like sometimes life just fucking sucks and bad things happen um, in sequence yeah. and in, you know, in the same little pocket of the world. Yeah, that's easier to... Accept, I guess, rather than really bad luck.
0: I guess if you just kind of accept it as, well, Murphy's Law, in a sense, mm-hmm. it could just be any movie or just every day, just life. All of these things can just happen, and then you'd just be terrified to do anything. Yeah.
1: That's a scary, it's compartmentalizing, scary reality to live with, which I totally. I totally get, like, I can completely relate to that. This is kind of a tangent, but, like, I, I don't know about you, and maybe this is just part of, like, the anxiety that I have, like, very aware that I have issues with anxiety, and I find myself in moments of sheer panic at the thought of, ugh, I don't know how to describe it, I guess simply put, I will spiral into a panic thinking of that I could die at any moment. But it's not even so much the fact that I could die at any moment. It's the fact that I, something bad can happen to me literally at any moment. And I, if I start thinking about that, I absolutely spiral. Like hmm. get into a really, really bad mental place. And that happens pretty often, but there are also days where I live my life and that never crosses my mind and I'm just fine and I go to bed and wake up the next morning and like it's not, not an issue. But when it is an issue, like when I get to those points of thinking my well-being is completely out of my control to a degree, that sends me to like a very dark place. So, I guess my point is I can absolutely empathize um, with needing to place a reason or place an answer on things that are completely out of your control because that's a terrifying place to be. Like that's a that's mm-hmm. a terrifying mental state to accept that things are completely out of your control. I don't know if that makes sense. I feel like I just got too it, personal with absolutely
0: that. Absolutely it does. I think we've been pretty open about our own struggles with different mental health issues. And, you know, we're obviously in different places. And while I have the same crippling anxiety, it's not about the same things. For me, I've accepted death as a, I'm just not concerned about it. It's almost like living is more anxiety inducing. Yeah, it's just so fascinating on a day-to-day basis to see where people's minds are and understanding what their fears are.
1: I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I definitely have moment, have had moments of scoffing and have even scoffed and judged even when you were just talking about these different movies and people's explanations of it. But really, when I think about it, I I get it. I don't necessarily think that it's a curse. I think that life is just really hard and bad things happen and we have to cope and it's very sad that the things happen or that these things have happened, but uh yeah, I don't I don't think that this is paranormal forces at work.
0: It's not a not a demon up there spinning the I guess that's not how you play a video. <laughs> Press and play.
1: <laughs> yeah, not like you know, with those little puppeteers seeing what happens I, yeah. I i don't think that that's what's happening here but definitely gives a uh, an extra you know added element to watching these scary movies that's for sure
0: yeah i think we're on the same page like usual for the most part well wow. listeners what do you believe what do you think about these films are they cursed or did just a bunch of life and death happen around them. And it just so happens that all these people were involved in a film of some sort. It's kind of a, kind of a rage, but we want to know what do you think? So tell us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at, at something weird podcast. And if you have any stories about cursed films, whether, hollywood produced or maybe just something weird you found in the basement somewhere we want to hear about them
1: and if you enjoyed any bit or all of our podcast episodes please let us know with a nice five star rating on apple podcasts it always makes us feel nice and it helps us continue to do what we're doing which is really just getting the truth out there thanks Anne's, for a great story time i always appreciate it always something to leave a little uneasy at night so appreciate it before i go to bed
0: it's what i'm here for
1: and also add to our movie watching list thank you all listeners for coming back again for another week for another paranormal tale until next week stay weirdy